Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. I'm tired of life being all about ailments and funerals. I want to push myself. You want to hike the Appalachian Trail? 2,000 miles. You are not doing this alone. How would you like to join me for a little stroll? Not in this lifetime. Next time, call me for something fun. Like a colonoscopy. Bison is cats. Stephen? Not Stephen Katz. You two ended up on each other's nerves in Europe. That was 40 years ago. I gotta eat every hour. Otherwise, I get these uh, seizures. Seizures. That's right. Hello, everyone, where Hollister and O'Toole are going to take a little walk in the woods this morning with Robert Redford and Nick Nolte, and it was my idea to see this film, and I'm so glad I did, and I did not see it with the great O'Toole, which I'm also really glad that I did. (laughs) I know you mean that in the best of ways, Hollister. I do, Uh I do, I do, I do, but before I get started on why I love this movie, let me hear O'Toole, what'd you think? You know, it's so funny. When you recommended this, I saw that it was Emma Thompson, Robert Redford, Nick Nolte, and I was so excited. And then I watched the trailer and I thought, okay, I probably shouldn't go in with very high expectations. (laughs) And I'm down here in St. Augustine for the city's 450th celebrations. And um, I went with one of my sisters with whom I've had many similar adventures. We walked into that movie theater, which was pretty full. Mine was full too and I was shocked and I went in the afternoon also on a Saturday on Labor Day weekend seriously yes and the audience loved it we loved it we were laughing out loud laughing out loud I mean you couldn't not laugh at Nick Nolte mostly but also Redford who's not exactly known for his high humor he got you know he did well he did well in this very good as the straight man and I was trying to think of the last comedic role I had seen Nick Nolte in if I've ever seen him in anything I mean I guess down and out in Beverly Hills would qualify. He kind of stole the show. I mean, when he showed up, he was rough around the edges. You know, I worried about him a little well, bit. Well, you know what? You know what's really interesting about this? Um, Redford read the book when it came By out. Bill Bryson. Bryson wrote it. He loved the book. He optioned it then, and he saw himself doing it uh, with Paul Newman, and Newman being Katz and playing Steve Katz. And then Paul Newman got sick and passed away, and, and Redford shelved shelved the idea and thought I can't do it with anyone else and then he worked with um, he worked with Nolte in um, the company you keep uh-huh. and really they became friends and then he pulled it off the shelf and said Nolte is the perfect Steve Katz and can I tell you with with the description of Steve Katz now um, when uh, Redford asked um, Bryson to describe Katz, mm-hmm. and Bryson said, well, he was very smart, very daring, but he had an addictive personality. And Nolte laughs when he heard that and said, well, I can do that. That's not hard <laughs> at all. That's exactly me. But I think he is so much better for the role than than um, than Paul Newman would have ever been. Paul Newman could never have carried that the same I way. I mean, just the concept, though, of reuniting Butch Cassidy uh-huh. and the Sundance Kid would have been enough I know, to get know, them into the theaters. I know, but that wasn't the right film for but, it. You know, it wasn't. It's interesting, yeah. I know Robert Redford said he was so drawn to doing a movie where oh, nature yes. got to be a character. But um, honestly, from the trailer, I thought, well, this could be a little draggy. And a lot of the reviewers, by the way, have said that it drags. I don't. I didn't and think again, it dragged. And again, maybe it was my low expectations, but I thought they did a very good job of constantly introducing new obstacles, some of which I did not see coming. When it was time to leave the trail, it was time to leave the trail. But I, it, it held my didn't interest. Didn't you think they were going to... I did not know the book, and I really did think they were going to finish. And we just now have a huge spoiler in that they didn't. From the but, trailer, I thought they were going to finish in a car. 
I did. Oh, no, no, no. That I knew might that have been you and me, happen. Hollister. You and me might have been the exactly. ones finishing in the car. Well, I know. Excuse me. We both know that I'm Nolte for sure. <laughs> and you would have gotten to be Redford. Uh, but you know what? You know what I decided was really great about the whole storyline? Now, keep in mind that the most of the film, Emma Thompson is wonderful at the beginning, but she's only in the beginning. Right. But the wonderful thing about the film is it's two guy friends. Mm-hmm. We have to recognize that um, there are very few films out there. There are a lot of girlfriend films, but there are very few guy friend films. And you know what it reminded me of? The reason, the only reason I could stomach World War II movies was the camaraderie played between men in World War II movies. Mm -hmm. And we don't see films with camaraderie between men. And this is a great friendship film. It is a wonderful, wonderful evolution of how the friends you had way back when can come back into your life in most unexpected times. And you know what? You're still connected. You can still speak in a way that you couldn't, you know, with anyone else. And I loved the friendship between the two characters. And loved it. I, loved I it. I totally agree, Hollister. And I know Robert Redford said friendship was another important theme to him, friendship and nature. And I loved that he explicitly said, I really hope Catherine, played by Emma Thompson, the great Emma Thompson, knows that this isn't about her. And I loved that it was, um, as you said, about friendship, but wasn't one of these silly bromance movies that they've come out with where the the bromance is supposed to trump no, all else. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. It was. It actually felt very, very authentic. And maybe it's because Redford did wait until he had somebody who he really felt he could, he could, uh, he could commune with. And yet, having it be this odd couple takes a hike in the woods together. It set it up to great comedic effect that they were such opposites. It does, and yet does. had such a shared <laughs> <Yeah>. history. <laughs> and I could so relate to cats huffing and puffing his way up those the those hills, saying, "What goes up must come down." But where the is down? And the minute Nick Nolte arrived on that plane, it was such it was a theatrical entrance of a great actor getting off that plane where, you know, Emma Thompson and Robert Redford have gone to collect him at the airport and just look at him like there's no way this guy is gonna make it more than a quarter of a mile down the Appalachian Trail. Right. It you know, really, really well done and well directed because you know it's hard to direct something that takes place on a trail like that. It really is. Well, you you know, know, it's not it's so true. It was directed by Ken Quapis and another movie movie he yep. did that I thoroughly enjoyed was The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, another movie about friendship. And I thought it was a great sustained theme throughout the movie. It was. And, and you know, every single thing about it, though, even buying the equipment to go on it and his son saying to him, as every son and daughter says to their parent, don't say this, don't embarrass me. I mean, the whole thing was just so laid out beautifully. And the person selling them the camping equipment was Nick Offerman from Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, a great part for him and his eyebrows. I know, really. Yeah, you know, I hope that he doesn't always going to be stuck being in service positions. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, I hope he's not always going to be stuck in that sort of back end way. But yeah, he was very, very good. And also R- Redford's facial expressions. Excellent, excellent, excellent. He can really quirk an eyebrow. He can. You know, when Bryson uh, goes on the hike with his friend Katz, they were in their 40s. These guys are in their 70s. Robert and can Redford I just is say, almost in his 80s. I know. Yes, he's 79. I, I know. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Very well done. You know, hike, and they did a lot of hiking, and it's very funny. There's a wonderful Nolte talking about going on location. You know, the locations were pretty far away, so they had to get to the location to do these little hikes. And Nolte recalls, we would drive maybe an hour to a location, and there were camels, horses, and four-wheel drives. And Bob always wanted to ride a horse. He's a horseman. He owns horses. He's a rider. And they grabbed the reins and said, no, 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 you can't 
you can't have the reins. We have to lead you to get there. So I immediately got off the horse and walked the hill, and, and rightly so. Nobody got on the camel. <laughs> like, like, and all I could think of is in the Appalachian Trail, what the hell were they bringing a camel there? Like, really? Uh, you know, and I guess because camels can walk sure-footedly, but seriously, I thought that was pretty funny. I saw Robert Redford speak a couple years ago at a film festival out in Albuquerque, um, where Robert Redford has a home. And he was talking about way back in the day, he did all of Route 66. And of course, Albuquerque is on Route 66. He did the whole thing on a horse. He is totally the man. Well, you know, the the trails, there's two trails in America like this. There's the Appalachian Trail that goes 2,200 miles right up the uh, eastern coast through real big towns, by the way, where you can always get off and spend a night if you want to. But then there's the Colorado Trail, which my cousin, when she was in her 20s, my fabulous cousin who lives in Colorado now, uh, she she hiked that trail herself. It's I wow. think it's 800 miles. Yeah, she did it in four months, carrying a backpack more than 100 pounds. And we're 20 years later, and it really hurt her back to have done that. But she finished, but it almost broke her. You know, it's a grueling thing to do something like that. And the Colorado Trail, I think, is a little harder than the Appalachian Trail because there's nowhere to get off. I mean, you're in the wilderness the whole time. But I have to say it takes a huge, huge, huge heart to be able to, to do that kind of trek. It definitely does. And of course, there's also the Pacific Rim Trail, the one that Cheryl Strayed wrote about in Wild as portrayed yeah, by Reese exactly. Oh, there's that. Yes, there's the Rim Trail. I forgot that um, one too. Yeah. Well, you know, way back in the day, I did part of the Appalachian Trail. A mile? I, you did it? <laughs> Hello? It might have been that far. It was so funny. It was part of freshman orientation. And I think maybe it was some kind of subversive way to make our freshman dorms look as attractive as possible when we finally entered them. And <laughs> Hollister, you know me. I mean, camping is not my forte. And that scene in the movie with the bears. Of course, I had to wait through the credits, and there was indeed a bear wrangler. Those were real bears in the movie. If they come for us, play dead. If bears, if they come for us, we are dead. Well, you know, it's funny because um, in the book, they never know whether whether there were bears or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they actually entered the bears, and I, when all those two guys stood up in their tents to scare the bears, I just, I just could not stop laughing. I and can I just say, Nick Nolte, you know, has not weathered time well. You know, physically doesn't, you know, he hasn't weathered time well. But that guy can act out of nobody's mama. I mean, he is so good. And for me, his shining moment. Nolte's shiny moment for me is Prince of Tides. I think that's his greatest yes, performance. he was fantastic in The Prince of Tides. And I was surprised to discover he hasn't yet earned an Oscar. Well, you know, it's funny because I went back last night after I saw the film. Last night I had to, I had to go to a Labor Day barbecue. Remind me never to do that again. <laughs> and, um, and when I came back from the barbecue, I watched Prince of Tides again. And I cried in all the right places. And boy, he was sexy then. Mm-hmm. And... That guy is, you know, there's just something about him that just, you know, whether it was, what was it, 28 hours he did his early years? What was that? Oh, 48 what was hours. The, 48 hours, yeah. And I, you know, I just feel like if he doesn't get some nod somewhere along the way while he's still alive, I'll be very, very sad. And then, of course, for me, Redford's shining moment is Ordinary People when he wasn't even on the screen at all. For which, he was won, his first, for which he won an Oscar for Best Director. He did, yeah. And it was his first directing debut. And on this one, Quapis, uh, in A Walk in the Woods, taught, you know, somebody asked him, well, how hard is it to work with somebody who's also a director? And he said that Redford came to him right at the very beginning and said, look, I really need to take off my director's hat. 
And I leave it totally in your hands because I really, really want to focus on this role. It's a very important role to me. And I can see why. I mean, this is a good role for Robert Redford to prove yet again that he's not just a pretty face, you know. Mm-hmm. And and they stuck totally to the script. There was no ad-libbing whatsoever. And I'm a little surprised on that score. I think they could have ad-libbed and done very well. But apparently they stuck very, very much to the script. Well, you know, this was something that Robert Redford mentioned at the Albuquerque Film Festival, which I found so interesting is that when he was very young, he assumed he was going to be a painter, not a house painter, but an artistic painter. And he was crossing, um, I think he was returning to the States from Europe on a ship and someone discovered him and said, you have to be an actor. I mean, your looks would be wasted if you don't become an actor. And he said he always felt guilty that he turned his back on art. And he said that all those years that he was acting before he started to direct, he consciously did not pay attention to the camera people or the equipment because he wanted to focus on the role. So when he first got into directing, he said, sadly, he didn't know that much about the cameras and the equipment because he was so honed in on the acting. So as he was trying to describe to a cinematographer how he wanted the scene framed, he grabbed a piece of paper and started drawing the storyboards. And all of his artistic talent came pouring back through, and he's always done his own storyboards by hand. I would love to see those. Wouldn't that be a great exhibit in some film museum or other? You You're know, absolutely the storyboards. Right. That yeah, would be I really would love to see those. To see. Okay, do you have a favorite line? There's so many, but do you have one? Okay, when they've fallen and they're trying to get back up, and their clothing is stuck in the tree, and Robert Redford says, "Okay." to Nick Nolte. How about if I step on your shoulders and then you stand up and Nick Nolte looks at him and says, I can't stand up from this position just on my own. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was very, very good. But my all-time favorite is Bryson. You know, Redford says to him, it says to intimidate the bears. And Stephen gets his intimidate the bears the bears what are you crazy and uh, and I just there were so many moments laugh out loud moments interwoven into this and what's also nice is you know we talked about this before we when I chose this film and you said okay one of the things we talked about is 60 million people are hitting the age of 60 by the year 2020 and the movie theater was filled with the generation who could appreciate the nuance of this and also there was something so Sort of in you know invigorating about going to this movie as somebody who doesn't walk quite as fast as she used to. I charged out of that movie theater. I'm like, <laughs> I can walk the Appalachian Trail. You know, it was inspirational in some odd way because it wasn't. They didn't not succeed, as Nolte says toward the end. We walked the Appalachian Trail. You know, for mm-hmm. and by the way, they did for two months. I mean, we walked the trail, and you know, there's success and there's success, and I think it was. It was such a fun film for people who who are you know attacking you know aging with a with a vigor that's that's amazing. So loved it, loved it, Robert loved it. Redford has said that as long as you continue to be involved in creative projects, the minute you give that up, it's as though some part of you has died. And it wasn't that long ago that he starred in All Is Lost, and he said that was one of the hardest movies he ever made because he spent the entire time of filming wet being on that boat and, um, 
you know, him and the waves. Which, by the way, was another physically grueling yes. role for him. Yes. You know, and not only that, he hurt himself on that. He fell off the mast when he was climbing for something or other, and he injured himself. I think he injured his shoulder to try to film on that boat. Now, the other thing is, you know what? Drones have entered our life. I mean, the I, I, I the, when they're standing out over the cliff looking at the Shenandoah Valley, mm-hmm. um, which actually was all, it was all shot in Georgia, so I'm not sure exactly what they were looking over, but at any rate, and you, and, and you can see there they get an aerial shot you know a circular shot around them and i'm like why is the helicopter not blowing the wind on their pants and i realized it was a drone and i yes and i read afterward they got the drones have now been prohibited in all the national parks you can't bring a drone into a national park anymore i'm not sure why but at any rate they got in just under the wire and the director said he was so glad they did because you know a a helicopter can't quite get that shot because it's it, the the even if you can take the noise out the the wind from the helicopter makes it very very windy but what a beautiful beautiful moment when they're standing out there really lovely and i did notice the aerial photography got its credit yeah um, but it's true it really showed oh parts. you stayed up for the credits of i didn't course, do that <laughs> of course i did and wait what did it say did it say our drone philip or something mention the word drone but aerial photography got its own credit um okay for the yeah. bear wrangler yeah. but uh, Um, You know, it it is, I've now done this drive in my car many times between uh, Boston and Florida, and it is amazing how much the scenery of America changes and how there are these wide swaths of just gorgeous natural scenery. I can see how the role appealed to Robert Redford. Well, and not, and Nick Nolte. Nolte, in one of the interviews that I read, um, talked about the unwritten script mm-hmm. between he and Redford in this movie, and it's beautiful. There are two scripts going on. There's the verbal script, and then there's the unwritten script. And I think the physical unwritten script between the two of them shows, you know, decades of friendship that's just beautiful. It really is. Mm-hmm. Really, really is. So uh, so I, I have a couple questions, though, for you. Okay. Ready? All right. Okay. This film was great for anybody who's not a millennial. I got to ask the question, and I know that, you know, O'Toole is great about pointing out to me that you, if you don't think about your age, you are ageless. And I think that that's totally true. But do you think millennials will be able to appreciate this film? Yes, because the friendship between the Nick Nolte and Robert Redford characters dates back to that era. So even as they're recollecting their high school and college days, I think anyone of that age is probably thinking, will I still be in touch with this person 40, 50 years down the road? Uh Uh-huh. So they're looking at it as a future, and we're looking back and trying to grab the friends that we could probably reconnect to. And it really is about friendship. And from what I hear, millennials are very good about living in urban tribes and are very close to their friends. Oh, they are. They are Mm -hmm. very, very good on the friends list. So so we urge millennials to take a shot at this film. I'll send it out to a couple and see what they think. But they can um, always picture with their grandparents do something (laughs) like this, you know? Right. And also, O'Toole, do you have this friend? Do you have a Nolte friend like this? You're not volunteering? <laughs> well, I, you, see, I, I definitely feel like our friendship is at that moment. We definitely have that kind of friendship because we do a lot of traveling together and we do laugh. There's no question. But the truth is, their kind of friendship is based on a huge amount of time, mm-hmm. and then and then an absence from each other's lives on purpose for an amount of time, and then a reconnection. 
Well, so I don't think it's the same kind of friendship. I think you cannot have a friend like this who doesn't know you when. I have to not talk to you for 40 years? Well, no, you have to have known me in their early years. Their early years experience that even his family didn't know about him made that connection so much stronger years later. It's so true. I mean, that's those formative years where no matter how long you haven't seen somebody, you can pick up where you left off. It's nice to have people who knew you then who remember your essence at that age. And um, it keeps that age alive. Live. Yep, absolutely. Well, I'm inspired. Maybe for our next film festival. For example, Robert Redford's going to be starring in Truth at the Hamptons Film Festival playing Dan Rather. Well, is that one of the movies we'll be viewing? I think so. I think maybe we should arrive okay. with our backpacks. Maybe we could just okay. walk to the Hamptons Film Festival. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't really have a backpack. <laughs> at any rate, for sure, you go see this movie no matter what your age bracket and enjoy the best of Redford and Nolte, two great, great, great actors brought together by a strong script and a strong director. Fabulous, fabulous It was film. a walk in the woods I thoroughly enjoyed with these two screen greats. Oh, I have to add one last thing, one last thing. Mm-hmm. I have to add one more thing. You know how I am about titles. Yes. <laughs> there was not a walk in the woods. It was a walk on a trail. It was not a walk in the woods. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm not happy with that title, and I think it should have been a walk on the trail. See, you're going to have to talk to Mr. Bill Bryson. Okay, Sir, well, you know what? Sir they could have changed Bryson. the name. Whatever. I know. Yeah. I guess they wanted to uh, keep it uniform with the book. Right. Who, by the way, his only comment so far is a little snotty, and it says, I, I you know, I wasn't involved in the film. <laughs> So I'm not sure what that means. But at any rate, see the film, read the book, whatever. Go reconnect with an old friend. It's a great, great afternoon at the movies. 